You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun. We are live. We are live. My robe uh, is actually in the cleaners. Robe's in the cleaners. So it's Robe Talk Friday uh, with no robe. Red cup. Robe is in the cleaners. I know it's a little late, but I promise to get it in. I promise to get it in. What's good? Uh, what's good, Black Pharaoh? What's good, everybody? Hope everybody's safe. Everybody's safe on a Corona, a Rona Friday. It's a Rona Friday. Make sure everybody's washing their hands and all of that good stuff, doing your social distancing and all of that crazy stuff. You got to do all of that. You got to make sure you're okay. I saw uh, um, a guy that I had been working with for maybe 10 years. 10 years I've been working with this guy. He's a PR guy and um, in entertainment. He got laid off because of the Rona. He's the one that got me into all of the uh, Marvel films, uh, the robes at the cleaners. The one that got me into like the Spider-Man, Endgame, Infinity War, Captain Marvel. He was the one that got me in and he got laid off. So whatever the movies come back, I'm going to be stuck. I got to find a new person. Yeah, so I was watching Trump. And here's the thing, I don't even get mad about Trump anymore because, you know, this is what we get. This is what we deserve. You know, so, so I'm not, I'm not, I don't even get mad about it anymore. I know everybody, everybody get, for literally for almost four years, every day, somebody comes on social media and say, I can't believe what Trump said. I can't believe what Trump did. It's been four years. Like after a while, it's like, I mean, what? What are you gonna do? It's like it's like if you stay with someone that's cheating on you, and they keep cheating on you, and then by the it's like like Chloe Kardashian, right? Like Chloe Kardashian just stays with Tristan Thompson, right? So after a while, you just gotta be like, ah, you just gotta throw your shoulders up to Red Cup. I mean, what is there more to say? What do more do they have to do? But no, I was thinking about it. Trump's Eric Bischoff. And I mean that in, in the character sense and the in the in the real sense. Eric Bischoff, think about this, just follow me along here. The WWE or WWF back at that time, right? I mean, it was that was it. That's all you had, right? You was WWE, WWF was like unchallenged. Everything was cool. Everything was alright. You know what I'm saying? Everything was great. Everything was, you know, chilling, right? The WWF before, like, WCW and, and Eric Bischoff was Obama, right? They just was Obama. It was it was apple pie. It was very kid-friendly. You know, it was all about the kids and the toys and all of that stuff. Everybody got lulled into, like, a, a little sleep with that. Then Eric Bischoff came, and Eric Bischoff is Trump. Trump says, you know something, you know what we're going to do? We're going to ratchet it up. We're going to ratchet it up. We're going to have people use the real names. We're going to say all of this stuff. with no. We're going to, all of the fake stuff and the, the weird, you know, we're not going to make, you know, people raise a Ramon and the Undertaker. We're not going to do all of that. We're going to just be real and say crazy stuff 
all the time. And you would think about it, right? Saying crazy stuff all the time, you would think people would be like, you know something, that ain't, that's not cool. But people like that. People like when you say crazy stuff all the time. It's the reason Kanye can still sell shoes. Because <laughs> he's crazy, but nobody really cares. That's 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 really the, the thing that I think people really need to understand. People lie about how much they really like drama and crazy people. There's a lot of people right now, especially in media, there's a lot of people right now that say they hate Trump, but they really love Trump. They love Trump because he's entertaining. Now, granted, you necessarily don't want entertainment during a crisis where people are dying, but that's where we at. That's what we got. That's what we got. They want ratings. And that's what the WCW got, Eric Bischoff got. But here's what the problem was. Eric Bischoff got the ratings, right? Had signed all the people and everything. But then he forgot one tangible thing. Like, you still have to put on a good show, right? You still have to put on a good show from time to time. And that's what's happening with Trump. It's like everybody liked Trump, the people that voted for Trump. Everybody liked the, all the, the, the shit that he was talking, the shit talking and cursing out the reporters and, and grabbing women by the private parts. They loved all that stuff. But then they forgot that being the president is actually a real job. <laughs> stuff actually happens. That's why we have presidents. Because real stuff happens. Like real stuff happens and we need somebody to, you know, lead us through. And now we got a buffoon up there and, and real stuff is happening and he don't know what to do. All he knows how to do is to keep acting. What did Bischoff do? Bischoff didn't know how to put on a good show, so he just kept... That, remember the NWO? The NWO is one of the greatest factions of all time, right? But what probably a lot of people don't remember is the last version of the NWO, right? The last version of the NWO had about 75 people in it. Remember they had like 85 people in the NWO. What they did was they took a good thing, right, and then when they didn't know what to do, they didn't know how to handle it. What did they do? They just said, well, we just throw more people in the NWO. <laughs> right? We just thought that that works for us. So that's Trump. Trump's like, hmm, I got this position by lying, cheating, stealing, talking crazy. So what am I going to do when it's a pandemic? I'm just going to lie, talk crazy, because that's how I got it before. <laughs> he don't know no other way. He knows no other way to operate. So it's odd to me when people say, I can't believe that Trump is acting like this. Why? He has never acted any different way. Yeah, they had the, the Latino NWO. I think they had the short man NWO, short wrestlers NWO, the, 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 the red NWO, the Wolfpack NWO. I think they had a Mexican NWO. And people are like, I can't, why are they doing this? I'm like, well, this is what they showed you that they know how to do. They don't know how to actually create stars. They know how to take old stars and just throw them in a group. And then eventually people say, hey, man, we would actually like a wrestling show, you know, something that's interesting. And that's when stuff started to change. So that's what Trump, Trump's like, this is what I, this is what you guys like. Right? This is what you guys like. This is what I do. <laughs> Who cares if people are dying? All I care about is money. And here's the thing. He has the backup of the media. The media backs him up. He got Fox News. Trump went on, like, calls up his boy Hannity. It was like, ah, you know, they don't need those ventilators. They don't need no ventilators. They tripping. Red cup. 
he talking to his boy Hannity like I'm talking to you, you guys. He's like, I, yeah, the Chinese uh, president tried to hit me up, but you know, I was like, I got to talk to my boy first. Then I said, I get back at you, Chinese president, because I'm Trump. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they, they don't need it. A couple people may die here and there. You know what I'm saying? A couple people may die. But, hey, we got to go back. You know, we got to get back to work because my hotels aren't going to pay for themselves. I got business to take care of. Trump don't care about nobody. He got businesses. If you got a business, you're like, yeah, I want to get back to work. If you own the business, you're like, I want to get back to work. Trump's like, look, this president's thing is like a side chick. I just Trump didn't want to be the president. He wanted to run for president, get all of the attention, and then use it to make money. He didn't want the real job. Trump doesn't work. He don't want to work. Trump hasn't worked in like 30, 40 years. Trump doesn't do anything. You know what? You don't want a real job. Remember they said, hey, they like we get a press, you know, the briefings or whatever, the CIA briefings or whatever to the to the president every morning. And it's like, yeah, Obama used to read them, you know, front to back. They say, Troy, what did Trump do? Sad, we just stopped bringing them because he wasn't reading them. <laughs> he don't want to work. You got you to gotta work. He don't want that. He hates being the president. He, I, let me rephrase that. He likes the title of president. He likes the power of president. He likes the money that he can make for being president. But the actual job of the presidency, he hates. He hates it. And he don't want it. You think Trump wants to get up every day and 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 talk to the all the sudden? Oh, he wanna go golfing. Trump, see, and he lies and nobody cares. So he lies, he said, you know, son, if I'm the president, because he never thought he was gonna be the president, he's like, I'm never gonna golf. Obama's always golfing. I'm never gonna golf. As soon as he became president, he was like, ah, who cares? I'm gonna golf every day. He literally said the whole thing. He said, he said, Trump said last, like three weeks ago, whole thing's a hoax. And then with a straight face said, I knew the entire time how serious it was. And he says it with a straight face and people believe him because our country is an idiot. We have a bunch of country idiots. Red cup. People are laughing at us. And see, here's the thing. We're Americans. So he probably gets reelected. We're Americans, so we're in the bubble, right? When you're an American, and, and especially especially Americans in backwoods cities and stuff, where you never leave your porch for 20, 40, 50 years, they don't know nothing. They're in this bubble. And in this American bubble, we think we're just the greatest thing since sliced bread. We, th You know, the greatest country of all. But if you have any semblance of intelligence, right? Any semblance of intelligence, you would sit back and you would think to yourself, hmm, America is supposedly the country that's built off freedoms and opportunity, right? That's like in the, the whole thing, freedom and opportunity, right? But throughout our history, we don't like giving people freedom and we definitely don't like giving people opportunities. <laughs> the two things that we are supposedly known for Right? We are supposedly known for we don't actually do. We don't actually like the whole thing, the American flag is your Superman, it's truth, truth, justice, and the American way. If you really think about it, there's a not a lot of truth. There's definitely not a lot of justice. And the American way 
is pretty screwed up if you really think about it. <laughs> if you really think about it, if you thought about it really, really, really hard, the stuff that America is... America has a you know, constitution and, and all of this stuff, and we fought for our freedoms and stuff, but we not... We, we did it while we still had slaves, right? You know, even now, in 2020, the whole premise of it is, if you just, all you got to do is watch. One of the greatest things about social media, and there's a lot of bad things about social media, but one of the greatest things about social media is if you were one of those people in your bubble, if you were in, if you was a white person that's not a bad white person and not a racist white person, but you were, you were so in your bubble, you couldn't imagine land of the free and home of the brave actually being racist and all of that stuff. The one of the best things about social media is for that white person that's not a bad person, but just is in their bubble to see the shit that's really going on. Like you see it, you see people get, you see black dudes getting shot, you see the racism, you see it on social media. And and maybe, maybe it just opened your eyes to what's really going on. <laughs> maybe. Because you've been in this bubble. And th that's the thing. That's why I was telling you, you got to go out. You got to go live. You got you to go do stuff. <laughs> you got to see things from a different perspective. And then you'll realize, I don't know if our country's that great. I just know that we're here. And what they do, this is what they do. This is what they do. They say, well, if you don't like... The, the, the dumbest thing of all is what they say. Well, if you don't like the country, you can go back to Africa. Well, first off, I was born in St. Louis. Why would I go back to Africa? <laughs> okay. Are you going back to Britain or the UK or wherever the hell your origin is from? Because 90, you know, white people's origin is not from America. We came and stole the country. It, it's not like the, the whole Christopher Columbus. Forget all that. People were already here. You can't discover something whereas people are already chilling. So white people have lineage to other countries, just like black people do. But we're all born here, so basically we're equal. So when they say, I remember somebody said that to me, said, if you don't like this country, go back to Africa. And I said, are you going to go back to England? Because that's where you're from, England or Italy or Germany. You're from somewhere. You're not from here if you want to go back, 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 back. Your lineage starts in another country. Because we came over here from England. It wasn't like we were just here. The only people that have can say that they're Americans from jump are the Indians. And you see what we did to them. Land of the free, home of the great. You, the Indians are the only ones that can say, hey, we've been Americans since day one. And now America makes them feel like they're foreigners. You tell They look at an Indian like, why are you here? I they were here first. They were here first. But that's, that's, that's how they do. That's how they do. So that gets me all the time where they say, oh, you go back to where you go back to your, your origin is not here either. Supposed to be land of the free, home of the brave. Land of the free, home of the brave. But it's not true. Here's what they do. This is what I was going to say. Here's what they do. They say, well, it's not like you're living in Afghanistan. It's not like you're living in Iraq. That's what they always say. They always try to find some war-torn country. As if it's not a big-ass planet and there's a lot of other places uh, besides Iraq and Afghanistan, okay? There's a lot more places in the world than Iraq and Afghanistan, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and ironically, some of those places are in close proximity of us and don't have 
one percent of the problems. Like I've been to Canada a couple of times. Now I know Canada probably has some crime or whatever, but they don't have the crime like we got. Not, and I'm not talking about oh, because we got more people. No, I'm talking about per capita. Canada, they say, oh, we can't afford universal, you know, health care. We can't afford, afford universal. Canada can. If you got all of this money, you can afford it. If you could just, we we catch basically a, a different version of the flu, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, five trillion dollars appear out of nowhere. <laughs> all of a sudden, five trillion dollars just appear out of smoke. I don't know, dude. Five, no problem. Five trillion dollars, no problem. <laughs> out of nowhere, I don't know. Where is it? Where is the five million been? Where is it at? <laughs> Where is it at? Where did it come from? Where has it been hiding? Because I'm sure our actual country could use $5 trillion before the, the corona, before the rona. I'm sure we could have used that $5 trillion. I, I'll never forget this. I will never forget this until to, to today I die. And I'll tell you this. Because, once again, I was a bubble guy because I wasn't going out and doing a lot of stuff. Uh, in my early teenage years, I, I don't think I got on a plane until I was like 19, 20 years old. But I ain't going. But I never forget this. I'll tell you this story. This is just between you and me. Hold on, red cup. I went to the Super Bowl in San Francisco, California, home of Silicon Valley. Right, millions of millions of dollars. Right, went to the to the Super Bowl. At the Super Bowl, sometimes the, you can stay in what's called a media hotel, meaning it's discounted rates for the media, and they have shuttles to take you where you need to go. Because, of course, it's the San Francisco 49ers, but the damn stadium is in Santa Clara, which is two hours away. But that's a whole other story. So they put me in um, a, 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 a hotel. And I think the hotel was like a Holiday Inn Express or something. Because, of course, the NFL got $500 billion, but they can't put up uh, reporters in the Westin or anything like that. The W, we got to stay at the damn Holiday Inn. Uh, but that's that's a whole other story, too. But anyway, so I'm at the Holiday Inn Express, right, in, in San Francisco, right? I'm in the Holiday Inn Express in San Francisco. And, I, and don't forget, they got shuttles to take the media people wherever they need to go. I check in to the Holiday Inn Express, right? And the lady in the front, while she's getting all my information, and she asked me what I'm here for. I'm like, for the Super Bowl, media, blah, blah, blah. She said, sir, uh, just to let you know, especially at night, right, um, when you come back from wherever you're coming back from, just make sure that you take, you know, uh, the streets to the left of the hotel. Don't take the streets to the right of the hotel. I said, oh, okay. And I really wasn't paying attention because I had just got there and everything. Left of the hotel, right of the hotel. And I'm like, hmm, that's odd. I look to the right, and I'm like, okay, I see. It's like a lot of stores and all of this stuff over here. Now, try to follow me ge geographically here. The hotel is right here. She's telling me to go to the, to the left and not the right, okay, right in the middle. Straight ahead is the convention center, right? Now, of course... I, first time I've been to San Francisco or whatever. So I'm going to all the touristy spots. I'm going to the pier. I'm on the street where they got all the stores. I'm at the convention center. I'm doing all of this touristy stuff, right? And it's nothing but rich people and, and Starbucks and Barnes and Nobles and a lot of people with bikes 
and all of this stuff, right? Everybody's spending money, they got Louis Vuitton bags, all of this stuff, right? And I'm just being a tourist. I'm on the boats, I went to Alcatraz. I'm doing all of this tourist stuff, right? One day, one day I was at the convention center doing something because that's where all the media stuff was at. And the, 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 the shuttle to take you back to the hotel didn't get there at 6 o'clock. Like at 6 o'clock, they had no more shuttles, right? They had no more shuttles at 6 o'clock. I said, it was like 6.05, and I missed the shuttle. So I go back where the shuttle's at, and I look, and I can see, because the Holiday Inn Express had a big sign. I can see the Holiday Inn Express, okay? All I did, had to do to get to the Holiday Inn Express is walk straight. But the lady told me when I first got there that I should go over like three streets, walk down those streets, and then cut back over to the Holiday Inn Express. So I'm like... But why would she tell me that? I can walk straight to the Holiday Inn Express. I can see the sign. Why I got to walk three streets over? So I'm like, I just going to walk straight, right? So I start walking straight. Walking straight back to the, to the Holiday Inn Express. And for the first couple of blocks, everything was cool, right? Everything was cool for the first couple of blocks. Then I kept, I got a little deeper, right? And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I literally see about at least, at least 150 homeless people. At least 150 homeless people. I swear. They're all over the place. It's like a whole nother neighborhood, right? And I'm looking at all of these homeless people, and they're all over the place, and they got tents and all of this stuff, and they're dilapidated uh, apartments, and it looks like a lot of some drugs. I saw like a condom, like just on the street, and I'm walking. And I'm thinking to myself, literally two blocks over, two blocks over is the cleanest, shiniest, you know, I'm talking about luxury stores. I'm, I'm talking about Gucci. I'm talking about Chanel. I'm talking about all of this. Two blocks over, two blocks over, all of this money, all of this money is over. All this excess is two blocks over. Two on the other side, there's literally people hungry, can't eat, run down and stuff. Two blocks. I, I know it's like that in New York too. Uh, yeah, I've had been in New York. And I walked in and I and, and the same lady was there. She looked at me like, ah, well. And so when I see stuff like that, and then I see five trillion to circle around, just pop out of nowhere, just pop out of nowhere. It makes me wonder. If this is what they want, the higher up, this is what the Trumps of the world want. They they like the homeless people. They like people to be down. They want to hoard all the money. They want to hoard all of the everything. They don't want to give it back. Because if we got $5 trillion that we can snap our fingers on, then we could we could give everybody jobs. <laughs> we can give everybody, we can help, you know, buying a home. Shouldn't, you know, be something where shit look like you're going, you, you're trying to like get go to NASA. <laughs> it shouldn't be all of that to get somebody a house, an apartment. And not, not even minding that the rent in, in, in California, just in general, San Francisco, is you get one bedroom is $3,000 a month. Like that don't make no sense. That, ma that, makes, that makes no sense. It makes no sense that of one bedroom apartment in New York that looks about as big as my office 
is two, three thousand dollars a month. <laughs> There's no the upkeep for that is just you can't explain to me how to upkeep for a one bedroom apartment in New York, in LA, in San Francisco, or whatever, in Seattle or whatever, is you know, two, three thousand dollars a month. You know, a closet, $500 a month. You can't tell me that a hotel, here's the one thing I say about Vegas. Vegas, at least your hotel prices are, are, are reasonable, right? You go to New York, you're paying $500 a night to basically live in a closet for three days. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So we can do it. That's what I'm saying. They can they can make these if they can snap five trillion dollars out of nowhere. You can't tell me that some of these other things can't be done, but they don't want you to know that. They want you to think America is so great. You know it is a, a supply and demand thing, but you you can take that to your advantage, or you could be a good you know we could be a good country. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And I'm not just talking about just that. You know, there's a reason that we talked about this before. Nike. You know, the sneakers cost, you know, 34 cent. You know, they got some nine-year-old in, in, in Zimbabwe making, you know, those uh, uh, Nike 11s. And then they charging, you know, $400 for it. There's no reason for Apple to come out with a different phone every eight months. And I look, I they get me too. <laughs> Apple comes out every eight months, do like, a, make the phone a little bit skinnier, make a little bit that one. And next thing you know, you got to pay another six, set, whatever, $1,000 for the phone. Phone costs probably $100 to make. I get it. I, I get supply demand. I get business. What I'm saying is the fact that we can pull $5 trillion out of this thin air, that should concern people. That should, con that, that should con concern people that, hmm, that's odd. I'm sure some social worker or some city councilman has been trying to get money for the bad neighborhoods, you know, for the rough neighborhoods, and all of a sudden, but they can't get any money, but we can pull $5 trillion out of nowhere. I always say this about black people. Um, I say this, and I say this about black people, uh, because honestly, like I said, there's, there's, no, there's no difference in, you know I mean, people. Like, the, I know it's cliche, so we all bleed. Yeah, we all, you know, we all bleed, right? We all got the same, you know, it's all inside. All it is about opportunity. You seen the movie Trading Places before? Some of you may be a little too too young for that. I remember watching Trading Places as a kid. And I thought it was, a, you know, a comedy. You know, it was funny, right? Because Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd, uh, the lady from uh, the Halloween movies, uh, Martin, the Dukes. Mortimer and the, and the Dukes. I thought it was a funny movie, you know. Very funny movie as a kid. As a kid, right? When I got to be an adult and I watched Trading Places, I started realizing, yeah, it's still a funny movie. But they weren't lying <laughs> in the movie. If you haven't seen the movie, the movie is pretty simple. The movie is, what if you took a black guy who's like a hustler, and you gave him the same opportunities that you gave a white guy with a silver spoon in his mouth. And how would the, the white guy with the silver spoon in his mouth 
react to not having all those opportunities, basically not having white privilege, basically, right? How would they react? And in the movie, Eddie Murphy, once he had an opportunity and someone to trust in him and someone to give him an op you know, just an opportunity to show how smart he is, thrive in the position. And the Dan Aykroyd uh, uh, character, as soon as he the, the white privilege was was taken away from him, he started robbing people. He literally started robbing, get, tried to commit suicide. Jamie Lee Curtis, yes. You know, so it was all about just circumstances. And I remember as an adult, I was like, you know something? That's true. <laughs> There's a reason they like, you know, black people didn't create drugs. The drugs just made our way to our community. <laughs> we didn't build, we wasn't with Pablo Escobar in Colombia and all of that stuff. We didn't create crack. We didn't create any of this stuff. The stuff just happened to fall in our community. Right? You would think that drugs would be some... Here's the thing. The difference between a, a poor person doing drugs and a rich people person doing drugs is a rich person can do drugs and, and there's no consequence because they're rich. You see what I'm saying? There's no consequence. If a poor person does drugs... You lose your job. You don't have any money. You know, you don't have all this stuff. You may lose your kids and all of this stuff. Yeah, Rick Ross is a liar, but that's how rappers are. So, I think they do this on purpose. Because I think they know, and I'm not even trying to, I'm not, I'm not saying anything out of control. You know, black people are very creative, very bright, very innovative. And I say that because they steal from us all the time. So, I think they're scared, first off, that if they gave us equal opportunities, we would just take over, <laughs> okay? We, we just take over. We just overthrow everything. <laughs> but here's the, part that, here's the part that they don't understand. Here's the part I don't think they understand. Black people really have no intentions if, if we don't have to deal with, you know, certain things. We don't really care. <laughs> we don't, we don't, we're not trying to, do anything. We're not trying to overthrow anybody. Well, we're just, uh, we just want equality. So they really have nothing to fear. It's, it's all, it's all this paranoia. You see what I'm saying? Like, remember I told you guys a story about Michelle Beadle and putting me on TV and how I appreciated that because other people were scared to put me on TV and everything. It's not that I was, all I was saying was, I just want an opportunity. I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else. I'm not saying I'm better than, you know, I don't know, whatever the white people they have on these shows. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I know I'm good. <laughs> so if I, I know I'm better, let me rephrase that. I know I'm better than some of the people on the shows, you know, who just was given the opportunity. You see what I'm saying? They were just given an opportunity. Like I, I don't want to say any names in general because, you know, some of them I actually know. <laughs> but some of these people aren't good on TV. <laughs> they aren't good. They're not good on radio. They're not good on this. You know, they're not good at it. Well, I mean, we know people like Gottlieb and Clay Travis are garbage. But if you just think about Clay Travis for, for a second. He's a terrible person, right? He's not good on TV. He's not good on radio, right? But... He has, what, half a million followers. He, he, they've given him a radio show. They literally get, you tell, just tell me this. Tell me this. 
And we got to keep this between us. You got to tell me this and keep it between us. In the middle of the day, right, you tell me. If, I, if, I, if I'm wrong, you tell me. In the middle of the day, what exact, What would you prefer to listen? What would you prefer you watch on TV? If you had to watch the, all the hot take shows. Would you prefer, and, if, and I'm not saying it's black, white, out because you'll see where I'm going with this. Would you prefer to see Clay Travis and a couple other white people talking about betting on sports and they're always wrong? Or would you prefer the much bigger brand in TMZ Sports on there talking about all the weird and crazy stuff that's happening in the world of sports, getting interviews with Joe Burrow, you know, getting interviews with the boxers and the UFC guys, us talking to me, talking about the drama and everything and all of this stuff. And I know some of it is just drama and stuff, but you telling me, honestly, this is just honest opinion. And just honestly, when real stuff goes down, real stuff goes down. And even if you don't like TMZ or like the way that they do stuff, they get the information before everybody else. When real stuff goes down at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, do you want to see Clay Travis or would you want to see TMZ? I mean, just common sense, right? But we got the back end. We got they. We get the back end time slot in the evening. And they get the prime time. They get the, the afternoon time slot when everybody's watching. See, it's about opportunities. <laughs> There's no reason for him to have an opportunity. You see what I'm saying? He's not, he's racist, blatantly racist. He says crazy stuff all the time, and there's never any penalty for it. Doug Gottlieb says, says racist stuff, crazy stuff all the time. He's a thief and a felon. And he still gets to get on all the time. But if Le, if LeVar Ball says something out of the ordinary, oh, you got to ban him for life. You got to ban LeVar for life. You, you see what I'm saying? It's not that. I don't care. <clears throat> the thing is, I don't care who has. I never want to be like. You never heard me say fire somebody. That guy should be fired. Or I want to take somebody's job. What I always say is, is the opportunities equal. It's the opportunities equal, right? And somebody asked me, I remember I was on a panel, and they said, Rob, what do you think would happen uh, if you were white and you had did all the things that you had did? And I thought about it because it was an interesting question because I think if I was white, I wouldn't have had to work as hard. <laughs> so I may have not gotten to where I've gotten. That's the first thing. Second of all, I think if I was white, I wouldn't have, it wouldn't be the same. You can't just switch it around. You can't say, well, if you was white and did the same thing, it wouldn't have been the same thing. It would have been totally different. Maybe I would have had the same personality, but I would have had a different perspective on, on certain things. You see what I'm saying? So I don't know exactly what would happen. I'm where I'm supposed to be because of the way I am. But the fact of the matter is you just look at it. They just don't, we just don't get the, the same opportunities. And we're on a shorter leash. I've told the story. I've told the story how they, I've went to, I've gotten credentialed for certain uh, events for the first time. And somebody always comes up and whispers in my ear, don't mess it up because you may not get another opportunity. I guarantee, I know they don't whisper that to the white guys. You know how I know they don't whisper that to the white guys? Because the white guys mess it up every time. <laughs> every time. And they come back the next year, next six months or whatever, ready to go.
every time. Every time. Every if we have a if we have an NBA finals, right? Which is you know, looking a little iffy. Just just think about from the actually don't even worry about the if you well, maybe not this year, but if you start from like the uh, the Western Conference Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals, where they start showing the reporters on camera and they start saying their names, if you count the amount of times the white boy say something crazy, you you, you did a drinking game and you took shots, you'll be drunk before the next game, before the before TNT came on and Charles and them came on Red Cup. But none of that stuff bothers me because. Here's the thing, can't wear. The thing about it is, once again, black people, we just keep it pushing. Like, all the stuff that's happened to us, we still just keep it pushing. We're a very benevolent uh, race. <laughs> very benevolent race. We really don't, you know, at a certain point, you feel like, I don't know if this is going to happen in my lifetime or your, your lifetime, but you get the feeling that if you, this stuff keeps pushing. You know, there's a reason they have civil wars like every hundred or so years. Hundred, you know, wars don't go away. Like I think it would be, um, it'd be a little naive to think that there is not some more wars in our future. You just have to remember we are, we have a short lifespan, you know, 70, 80 years if we're if we're lucky. But if you go through history, sixteen hundreds, seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds, yeah, there's normally a time of peace, but eventually there are some actual wars, <laughs> and you keep pushing and pushing. And keep doing this weird shit. Eventually, people are gonna start pushing back. That's the reason we don't want to. It's the reason we're scared of China. Here's the thing about China. I don't know what's going on over there. I know it's dictatorship, but the thing about China is they are level. So we are all over the place. China's level, and they got more people than us. It's the reason we don't really mess with them. Reason we don't talk too crazy to them. It's the reason that the NBA was like, hey, 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 our bad. Our bad. We're sorry. We're sorry. That tangent went on a lot longer than what I thought I was. What else was I gonna talk about? Oh, uh Club Quarantine. <laughs> how quickly did they how quickly did they make they gentrified club quarantine. Club quarantine was an organic, natural thing on, what was it, Saturday? Saturday, Sunday? By Friday, it was a corporate entity. That's why I talk about them taking our stuff and just using it for their own gain. It is not, this is, this is, this is no problem. Uh, There's no uh, shade to DJ Nice. Uh, you know, D-Nice, I should say. Get your money. If the NBA wants to pay you, somebody else want to pay you for the DJ and at your house, get your money. I don't have any problem with that. I just thought it was real funny how, how I gentrified it got. Literally, he was doing it, and then next thing you know, everybody was doing concerts, concerts and DJing gigs and all of this stuff all of a sudden. You know, all of a sudden. There's nothing to cover in the NFL, CBA. They, they got washed. And like they always do, and I've been saying they was gonna get washed for the last year, and that's what I. <laughs> so yeah, so the the club quarantine is not gentrified. It's not not now. I'm getting I'm getting I'm getting um. I'm getting, <laughs> and it's not a knock on the NBA. 
But I'm getting like invites from the NBA saying, hey, tune in live to the NBA IG channel for D. Who was is? Hold on, let me see the email. Is is it's not just D Nice. It's um, uh, who else is it? Let me see. They wanted me to tweet it, but I, I didn't do it. <laughs> uh, D Nice. Who else? Oh, um, uh, uh, Victor Oladipo is, is uh is performing, <laughs> and uh, Sway Lee. It's a special musical performance featuring celebrity guests. So yeah, so there you go. Good, I mean, like I say, good for D-Nice to get his cash out. But it didn't take long, did it? It didn't take long. It didn't take long for everybody to be like, oh, this is an opportunity. Wasn't it Erica Badu that was charging you guys a dollar for a concert? I like Erica Badu as, as much as anybody else. I'm not paying her a dollar to see her sing, though. I'm not paying her a dollar to tell her how trash, for her to tell us that men are trash. I'm not, I'm not paying no dollar for that. <laughs> I'm not paying a dollar for that. No, I'm not paying. No, 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 no. No, sir, not me. Uh, Kurt Herbstreit. Um, the thing about the NFL is, don't forget, the NFL runs everything. NFL runs everything. I don't think they want NFL college football. I think we'll be back by then. Even if we shouldn't be, I think we'll be back. Uh, the, pro the, the problem is, is I see it, right? is even if you got the Rona under, say it's going down, say it's going down, right? The problem with the Rona is you don't have to have symptoms to have the Rona. And it's highly likely that if you put 70,000 people in a stadium, somebody's still going to have the Rona, so you you possibly make it spread even faster, and they don't have the they still don't have the vaccine. You know that's why I think the the NBA is is in a little bit better position because they can go to smaller arenas. They talked about having it all in Vegas. They could basically quarantine the players and everything. So maybe they can get back. But that's the problem with especially with college. You know, you I'm pretty sure somebody in Michigan has the Rona, and they got a hundred thousand seat. Or you know, a hundred thousand seat uh, stadium. That's the problem. The problem is, yeah. It, it's, here's the thing: as soon as the Rona starts taking a little bit of a dive, Trump is going to try to make everybody go back to work, uh, and he wants to open everything's back up. And here's what's going to happen: it's going to dip. It's going to dip, right? And then if we do it too fast, like because everybody's been in the house so long, everybody's going to go out, and it's going to. So go up just like that. So at a certain point, we just have to decide if um, you're willing to risk having the Rona. That's what kind of where we're going to. There's going to be a point where it's like, you know something? If you go out, you might get the Rona, you might not. So it's, it's like, you know, it's playing Russian roulette with your health. Yeah. Because right now, like, even if you can go out now, but if you go out now, like, if I go to Subway to get a sandwich, you know, I may have to interact with two people, maybe two or three people. You know, if I go to the gas station, I probably don't get in that close. If you go, you know, whatever, you go take the trash out or whatever. You're interacting with, most people are following said rules. So you're interacting with one, two, three people, maybe five at the most. So, you're, you know, just percentage-wise, it's low. But as soon as you open back up those arenas, you open back up the, like, if I stay at the MGM 
right? I don't know if anybody's ever stayed at the, any any Vegas hotel you guys have stayed at. If I go to a fight and I stay at any any Vegas property for a fight, now I'm literally passing thousands of people a day. <laughs> and one of them probably got the wrong. And and the way that it's, you know, so so it's 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 a quandary. It's definitely a quandary. Speaking of quandaries, uh, Cam Newton. I did want to talk about Cam Newton. And um thing about Cam Newton is it's very odd to me. I see people like, hey, Cam is the greatest thing since sliced bread, and he's gonna come back, he's gonna take the NFL by storm. And then I see racist people saying you know, he's Cam, uh Cam Newton and, and all of this stuff, and they the coded language of the media people and all of this stuff. He got character issues and all of this other stuff. <laughs> No middle ground. It's no. It's no middle ground. It's like you, just us. We're the only people that are talking on the middle ground. I mean, he could be. I mean, I don't know if he's healthy. It really, to me, it's just about health. It's not that he dresses like an AKA. It's not that he types in hieroglyphics uh, on Instagram. It's not that he had a girlfriend and had four of his kids, and then he knocked up some really random IG model for the fifth kid. Allegedly, none of that to me really matters because that stuff happens all the time. You know, it doesn't matter to me that he's doing, you know, hype videos and doing a documentary. Not, not, none of that. All that stuff's superficial. Has nothing to do on the field. The on the field thing is, are you healthy or not? If he's healthy, he's probably better. You know, if, if he's not healthy, he's still going to be bad. I mean, it's, it's you know, in this case, well, there's always a racial component because there's racist people out there. But and I can understand people that are supporting them because they're like, hey, I, you know, I want them to do well, you know. But I mean, that's really what it comes down to. If he's healthy, then he's probably good. If all the surgeries and everything work, if he's his body just won't let him be, then it's gonna be there. It reminds me, I mean, a little, you know, RIP reminds me a little Kobe. Like Kobe had been playing, you know, at a high level for 17 years. He turns his Achilles, and. You know, he did all this other he had the, the 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 documentary and all of this stuff, and he came back, and there was there was flashes of the old Kobe, but he just he just the body wouldn't work, and it went. I don't even think it was just the Achilles. I just think it was the fact that he been Kobe for 17, 18, 19 years, and and that's a long time. And when your mind starts saying that you could do stuff, but your body is not letting you, he's like, that's why I got to retire. Is that my body just won't let me do it anymore? It doesn't recover. It's like it doesn't matter if you're a boxer, a football player, UFC, soccer, whatever. Like at a certain point, your body just says no more. I can't take any more. Now sometimes that happens early. Could be happening with Ty Gurley for all we know. It can happen early. It can happen late. It can happen in the middle. For Cam Newton, it might be happening right now. We don't know though because no one to give an opportunity. Now the, the, once again, it's back to opportunities again. If Cam Newton was hurt like this, or had been hurt, and he was white, do you think that he would be signed already? I think, you know, there's clear evidence based on the, the way they signed quarterbacks that maybe he would be. Maybe he won't be. Well, I don't know what's going to happen with Tom Brady. Tom Brady, here's the thing about Tom Brady. I, you know, it's, I think at this point of Tom Brady's career, right, at this point of Tom Brady's career, that you have to surround him with a lot of talent. Because mentally, he's still Tom Brady. I don't think, you know, like Joe Montana is probably mentally still Joe Montana. 
Now, I think his body, I think the reason that someone, like the reason that the, if you ever want to understand the reason why the Brady's and the Manning's and the Phillip Rivers of the world, this is one advantage they may have as being a tall white quarterback. The reason that they hang around for 30 years or whatever is when you're a tall white quarterback that can't move, the amount of hits that you take is just less. You're basically just standing back there and throwing the ball. So until your arm goes, you're in good shape. That's why Brett Favre was able to play for like 7,000 years because the arm is normally the last thing to go. It's, it's the arm that goes. See, Phillip Rivers' arm is gone. That's what I'm saying. His arm is gone. I, don't, I think Eli, Eli seemed like his arm was gone too and some other stuff. Brady, I don't know if his arm is gone. But, you know, he doesn't look like the same Brady. Now, that's that's what I'm really curious about because a lot of the things the Bucks do are downfield throws, seven-step drops. You know what I'm saying? So it, you can hang around as an old white quarterback. I don't know if, if what I saw from Tom Brady didn't make me feel uh, very conf confident that he's going to be any different. Than, than what he was last year. Now, new, yeah, Drew Brees, Drew Brees' arm is gone too. The thing, Drew, look, I, you know, Drew Brees kind of gets on my nerves for various reasons, but I tell you this, Drew Brees, if Drew Brees would have signed that free agent contract with the Dolphins, he would already be retired. He just right situation, right coach, all of that stuff made you know, in his own work ethic, made him what he is today. But if you decide with the Dolphins when they had Nick Saban, he'd already be retired and probably wouldn't be talked about doing much of anything. Sometimes it's just it's just the opportunity. Well, yeah, white quarterbacks always get a lot of opportunities. Always get a lot of opportunities. Right, remember with Jay Cutler? Like, the Dolphins could have used Colin Kaepernick, and they signed Jay Cutler instead and gave him $10 million to do absolutely nothing. <laughs> Red Cup. Did absolutely nothing. For that $10 million. And he, he didn't even want to play. His wife was like, hey, it's $10 million to do nothing. Go do it. Now he's on, uh, what is it? Uh, what's the Cavalry? Everyday Cavalry? Talk to me Cavalry? I don't know what the name of the show is. Yeah, I don't know what the name of the show is. Doug Funny, Mike Glennon. So I don't know. I mean, I think I think it's, you'd be better. I don't know what Cam's like asking price is. But, yeah, you got to get your lips. I don't know what his asking price is, but uh, yeah, I think Cam Newton is probably better than like eighty percent is probably better than, than a lot of the guys that are out there. Okay, before I'm out of here, do you have any questions? Because it's it is Rona Friday, and and well, it's not like we can do anything. It's not like we can go to the club or nothing. So <laughs> I, I don't know. Why is Bad Bunny? Uh, I don't know why Bad Bunny is trending. Oh, shout out. Hope Doris Burke is okay. She got the Rona. She got the Rona. Mm. Ah, Red Cup. It's fired up today. Why does the NFLPA uh, starts with uh, up at the top? Uh, was it Demoris? Demoris Smith? Oh, you want to know the, the Diana story? Okay. Uh, uh, Demore Smith is works for the owners. They don't want to talk about that. 
Uh, let's see, Whitlock. Um, I think something happened to Whitlock many years ago after he got fired from ESPN. And at that point, he just cared about himself. And, you know, he, he realized that talking about black people could be a lucrative uh, business. And that's what he ended up doing. Um, so, that, I mean, that's, that's really the, I mean, it's, no, it's not complicated. He realized if you talk bad about black people, you can make money. You can make money. Now, I don't know if he had... Like, I, I did a podcast with him a long time ago, and at first I thought, it, I, I don't know, I, I, it's almost like he's either he's either a very good actor or he's super delusional about a lot of things. I don't know which one is it. Uh, probably Giannis. Giannis is probably my, my MVP, I would think so. <laughs> I would think so. I don't think LeBron is playing any different than he did uh, last year. He just has Anthony Davis. I saw a question. I can't remember what it was. I forgot what it was. Could I go back? No, I can't. Hold on. I don't. I don't have an OnlyFans. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. All right. What else we got? Oh, the Di Diana uh, Rossini story. Like, like I said, this is not. This is not a a uh, indictment on her. <laughs> but what happened was. So you remember the 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 Redskins GM that that drank a lot, right? He was like a drunk. He was, like, drinking in the draft room, but he was really good at um, at his job, even though he drank a lot. He was really good at his job, and but he drank a lot. And um, they were thinking about firing him because, you know, he was a drunk <laughs> and stuff. And at that time, uh, Diana was working in D.C. And she uh, she posted the story that, you know, uh, he, she posted not the, the that they was going to get fired, but like his side of the story. It was like all his side of the story, how they were, you know, treating them and bad environment, toxic environment and all of this stuff. Right. And she tweeted that out. And that was the original story, you know, you know. And what happened was I got a DM and I got a DM and it says, look at these tweets. And it, it it showed the tweets, and the DM that I got that showed the tweets was from this random account that was saying that uh, it was the GMs, was it McLaughlin or something like that? It was saying that it was his wife. <laughs> and she was like, you know, obviously she got that information because um, she's McLaughlin's side chick and was giving them blowjobs in exchange for, you know, scoops. <laughs> Now, that's a very explosive thing that to kind of have sitting on, right? It's a very explosive thing to have sitting on because, you know, anybody can make an account, right? Anyone can make an account. So I was like, you know, I can't run with this. I don't know who this person is. Head for scoops, yeah. I don't know who this person is. So I'm like, I need, I need more information, right? So I asked the person to call me off the record. Person called me and I was like, "Look, you gotta, you gotta tell me, um, you know, how can you prove that you're who you are, <laughs> right?" And I'm not gonna say how she gave me proof, but it was comfortable enough proof that when I got it, I was like, "I'm gonna run with the story." Now I knew because we've talked about this before. When I ran with the story, everyone was gonna call me a liar. Everyone's gonna call me a liar because. I was just, all I had was the tweets. 
and the tweets were, you know, from a random account. So it wasn't, I mean, it, it had like the name, but there was no way to verify, right? But I knew it was her. Let's put it like that. So I told her, I said, I'm running with this. I'm going to run with it. And she's like, okay, run with it. I don't care. She said a lot of other stuff <laughs> that I'm not going to get into because it was off the record. Uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. So I ran with it. And when I ran with it, I, the, the guy that used to do the PR for the Redskins, Tony Wiley, he had, he had my uh, phone number. So he called me like five times in a row. And he's like, this is a fake account. This isn't true. Blah, blah, blah. Did you take it down? And thinking about suing you, all of this other stuff. And I said, Tony, I'm just telling you, uh, I think this is, you know, legit. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't just put it up just to put it up. You know, I wouldn't do that. I think this is legit. I'm just telling you. So I don't want you to look bad because what happened was after I put it up, the Redskins and they said they were putting out a statement. So he told me the statement first that it was fake. And I put it, you know, I put a statement on the story. And then all of the major outlets put up this statement saying that this was a fake account from BSO. BSO put up fake account tweets and blah, blah, blah. So I was taking a beating, right? I was taking a beating because everybody put the Redskins statement up. This is fake. This is inaccurate. This is not true. Blah, 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 blah. I hit up ESPN. ESPN was like, don't hit us up. They said it was fake and not true and blah, blah, blah. Everybody was like, BSO sucks. We hate BSO. BSO fake. Well, they weren't saying fake news back then, but it's fake. It's all this gossip and blah, blah, blah. Red Cup. Uh, about two hours later, <laughs> about two, three hours later, the wife makes a statement. Us be known to the Redskins. The wife makes a statement that says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the stuff that I said about Miss Rossini. I was upset and blah, blah, blah. But acknowledges that the that she was the person that sent the tweets about blowjobs for scoops. Head for scoops. She acknowledges it. ESPN then comes out with a statement. And ESPN says, we totally support uh, Diana uh, this is disrespectful and blah, blah, blah. We can't believe that someone would do this. We back her 100%. Redskins put out a, a statement. You know, this is very trying time. Uh, and, and, and the GM and the wife, they're sorry. Redskins are sorry. But guess who never said they were sorry to me? Nobody. <laughs> Absolutely nobody. Red Cup. Nobody said they were sorry to me. Not one person. Not one media outlet. Not Tony Wiley. Not ESPN. Nobody said they were sorry to me. Ah, the reporter in Cleveland, who used to be my neighbor. Now listen, this is, I just, look, that's a rumor. Okay? The only way that's going to get confirmed is if, if my math is correct. <laughs> It's probably in about uh, about ten years when the boy is is of age. It's just a rumor. If you don't know the rumor, there's a rumor that there was a Cleveland reporter that had LeBron's uh, secret baby. I forgot what her name is. She actually 
uh, moved to after she had she left Cleveland after she had had an issue with another uh, athlete too. I forgot who it was, but she had an issue with another athlete. Shannon Reed, right? She had an issue with another athlete and his wife and something else. So it wasn't like it was new to her. Uh, but she had to leave Cleveland after that. And she went to St. Louis for a while. Then she went to Atlanta for a while. And uh, is she in Miami now? I think she's in Miami. But the rumor was that she has LeBron's love child. Now, what we do know, we do know two things factual. We do two, two things factual. Quincy, I'm married. And if you ever get married or if you are married, you know that you don't answer those questions. You just say your wife is the finest person of all time. Um... We do know two factual things about Sharon Reed. One, she does have a son. That's one. Two, she's never, ever talked about the father. Ever. We don't know who the father is. Never seen a father. Your guess is as good as mine. But there are some people that swear that it's Bron's kid. You know, it's a live stream, right? She can watch. <laughs> it's not like I'm in hiding or anything. Uh, she's a um, yeah, so I mean, some people believe that to be a hundred percent true. I said the only way you're gonna know is the um, the uh, the uh, Doctor J way or the Carl Malone way. You know, Carl Malone is scum, but that's the only way you're gonna find out is that when the kid is like when there's some eighteen year old kid that's like six seven with great handles. Um, and you know, he's going to look like LeBron, <laughs> then you'll know. I think if, if I'm not mistaken, the kid right now would be probably late teens, maybe early. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know exactly when that story went down. It was when he was in Cleveland the first time. So when did he leave Cleveland the first time, what, 2009? <laughs> so... But, but I think the kid it would be younger than Bronny. Yeah, definitely younger than than Bronny. And Bronny's, what, 15, 16? So if the kid's probably like 13, 14 or something right now, if it was to be his. So you got a few years. Uh, I mean, Savannah, you know, they're from Akron. I mean, of course. <laughs> um, so you got a few years before you find that out. But don't be shocked if, you know, some kid comes. But here's the thing. What happened is LeBron will retire. It's much easier to do it that way. Just like Dr. J. They retire, and the next thing you know, they're like, hey, Dr. J got a kid that plays tennis since she's 22 years old. <laughs> That's how you'll find out. And then, you know, I don't know how they would deal with it at that point. But, yeah, some people swear that's true. So we have to see. Uh, the Sarah Spain story, it, it, it's, it's, it's not even a story. It's It's... She got her job through other means, and now she's a feminist. I mean, I don't, do I, I don't, you know, you guys can read between the lines. Just, just Google, Google images. It's Google. It's, 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 it's all out there. Red cup. It's all out there. I'm not, and I'm not making stuff up. It's, it's out there. Now you can change. I'm not saying you can't change. I'm not saying you can't be wild and then, you know, change your ways and all of a sudden hate every man and whatever. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying that. 
No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, who, is Sharon Reed married to a billionaire? I did not know that. She's a hustler, if that's true. Uh, well, when the Beatles still gets paid from ESPN, she's under contract. I, don't, I think so. The checks are still coming. So just, a, I'm not surprised. Oh, Sarah Spain, I'm not surprised by that. Um, checks still clearing. So she out here chilling. Just imagine, you know, if you had a four, you know, whatever, four or five million dollar deal and you had a year or two years on it and they said, just go home. But your check still gets direct deposited. I'm pretty sure she's living her best life. I think she may have moved back to San Antonio. I'm not sure. I'd check on her and see how she's doing. Curry Champion, um, for various reasons, wanted out of her deal. And um, she got a buyout. And I'm assuming she's exploring new opportunities right now. None of these people are hurting for cash. They had, you know, Jamel and Michael and Beetle. Um, they all had big, you know, carry when, when they renegotiated, they all renegotiated big deals. I mean, big, I can stay at home and not do anything deals before the Rona. You see what I'm saying? They, they, they had big deals. Yeah. Well, after the one ES, the ESPN president got caught, uh, with the Coke, with the Coke dealer or whatever. And a new guy came in. A new guy was like, we're going back to MAGA ESPN. I mean, that's pretty obvious. <laughs> they went back to MAGA ESPN. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, here's my thing. How many times, when was the last time you guys went to the undefeated? I know they had to think about the black quarterback. But honestly, when was the last time uh, you guys said, hey, I got to check out the undefeated today? <laughs> I got to check out the undefeated. I got a bookmark the undefeated. I got a I got an alert from the undefeated. When they they've put millions of dollars into the undefeated, they they pay a very good salary to the people that the undefeated. I'm one guy with a Snoopy uh, sweatshirt on, and I do more traffic than them. I do more traffic than them. If they if they don't put the links on 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 ESPN, like we just talking about straight up, like just equal. Like of course, if you put the link on ESPN, it's gonna bump the traffic. But on a, if we just went, if you just detached it from ESPN as a standalone, I get more traffic than them. And I'm not saying that just like like I'm not trumping it. I'm saying I check things like this just to be, you know, to find out. Like, there's ways you can look. Like, it's not an inexact, it's, a, it's an inexact science. I'm not saying I, I, I know exactly how much traffic that they, they're making. I'm saying there are tools that you can look to compare yourselves against different sites. And I can tell you that it makes no sense that they have millions of, it makes no sense I, I would even be close. I, I would even be close. It makes no sense that that you spend they spend millions of dollars in salary and whatever else and all of that stuff. They spend millions of dollars and it's just literally me in a sweatshirt and sweatpants and I can outdo them on most days. Most days. And I here's the thing, I told them why back in the day. I really did tell them why. I tried to help them. I have nothing against black people getting jobs. 
I'm for that. I'm for that. But I remember when they were, remember Whitlock had it at first? I knew that wasn't going to work. I knew that wasn't going to work. They, they, yeah, I knew that wasn't going to work at all. <laughs> uh, and remember, it took like years to come out. It was always behind schedule. They got rid of Whitlock. They brought in some new people and everything. And I told them, I said, now listen, you know, because I knew some people that was handling it behind the scenes. I'm like, I know you guys are going to have the, the budget and you guys are going to be doing some cool things. And I know you're going to be doing some cool stories. and You're going to do long form. And that's beautiful. And that's great and everything. But that that genre, our market, the people that read those stories, right? You have to really understand what, what they're looking for. Like, they're not going to do Jamal Murray, okay, and, and what happened to him on, on Instagram, right? Now, here's the thing. I did Jamal Murray, what happened to him on Instagram. I never posted the video. So it's not like I'm just putting up porn or anything. But they'll never touch anything like that, right? That story by itself and the follow-ups, I probably got a, a million views off of that, close to it. I know the original story had a half a million. And I know sometimes people throw out numbers and things like that, but you don't really understand, you know, a half a million people watching something or reading something in a day is a lot of people, okay? That's a lot, that's a lot going on with that. That's probably more than they've done in a week this week. The other thing was I told them they don't they you gotta have content. You can't just put something up every three days. I told you you have to dip your toe. I'm like, if the people are talking about and I told them, I said, you guys have a a, a, a like we do pop we did those power recaps because that's what we like, power. I'm like, you gotta do stuff that you gotta be in tune. I guess the best way to put it is, I don't mean this in a bad way, right? They're the black site that white people would go to for black news. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? They're safe. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're a safe site. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a safe black site to, if you think you had some culture, right? It's nothing dangerous about it. It's, it's the Russell Wilson of black sites. And there's it's nothing wrong with Russell Wilson. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with Russell Wilson. Right? I like Russell Wilson. But it's, it's the Russell Wilson uh, of black sites. But, you know, if you if you do a Russell Wilson story and you do a future story, uh, nine times out of ten, the future story is going to do a little bad. <laughs> it's going to do a little bad. I'm just saying. It, that's just the way it is. I'm not saying that's the way it should be. I'm saying that's the way it is. That's just the way it is. They're just safe. And this is not the type of genre to be safe. And then furthermore, they don't get promoted. So how can you be an entity of ESPN and they don't promote you? Like that would annoy me more than anything else. I got these good stories. They have good stories. I have these good stories, these deep stories. And I get no run from the NBA. I mean, I get no run for ESPN. I get no run. You know how I knew they didn't get any run? Because I posted that video from that little town hall or whatever, that little round table about uh, the black quarterback when I was trying to show how Deshaun Watson never takes a stance on anything. And people was like, when did that come on? When was this? I never, when did this happen? And it, it, it happened like a month ago. <laughs> I never seen this. I never heard of this. 
And now this is ESPN. This is ESPN that will promote OJ's, you know, thing coming on 500 times. But nobody knew when this was coming on, a conversation about Colin Kaepernick, probably a reason for that. It's probably a pretty good reason for that. But I'm saying they don't promote him. You're not hustling. And look, I could, like, basically, I, I wouldn't, I mean, if I worked for the undefeated, I wouldn't care, maybe, because they're getting paid. Somebody's paying me six figures and nobody was reading my stuff. I would still take this, you know, take the money. <laughs> I would still take the money. But my, I forgot what my point was. But my point was, uh, I totally forgot what my point was. It had some, it had something to do with Sarah Spain or, or LeBron's baby. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Red car. Yeah. Just people don't just think about it. It should come naturally. People think about. Oh, I know what I want to tell you guys. The app is live, so if you go to BS, if you go, if you got an Android or if you got an iPhone, if you go, just type in Black Sports Online. Uh, you can get the new app. Uh, it's a soft launch. I'm probably gonna do a full launch on Monday. Still got a few kinks that we're working out, but it does work. And I do believe the push notifications are working. Sometimes I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes they work. They don't work. But it does give you an opportunity if. You know, you just want to, you know, not have to sift through my social media accounts and all of that stuff. You just want to see what we've been writing about. Uh, it, it is broken down between the full website, the gossipy stuff, NFL, NBA. Oh, the podcast. You can listen to the podcast from the app. Uh, we got some videos. And you can see my Twitter account. So it's basically like a one-stop BSO shop. Um, on the app, nothing like super fancy because I tried super fancy before. And one of the things when you do super fancy, you leave the IT work to somebody else. And then when that company goes out of business, they just leave your app all effed up. But I'm not complaining. That's just life. That's how you learn. You just move forward and everything like that. So if you just go to Black Sports Online uh, on Android or the Google Play, if you uh, Google Play on Android, you know iTunes or whatever they got for Apple right now, you'll see the big BSO. Uh, logo, like I said, it's just more for people that not on social media, just laying in your bed or something. You want to see what articles we put up. You don't have to go to the social media. You don't have to go to the actual site. And plus, you can listen to the podcast and do all that other stuff. See what I'm tweeting about. All in one. So you guys can do that. Tell me what you what you think about it. We're going to continue to make some tweaks to it um, here and there. Um, I'm just going to let you Google about Joy, Joy Taylor and her engagement because, um, you know, she's a friend of mine and I don't really want to get into some of the stuff that happened there. But it's out there in the wind uh, if you want to go look at it yourself. All right, so it's the weekend. Uh, go take some walks, ride your bike, uh, hang out a little bit. I'm going to watch this uh, this Tiger, what, the Tiger King? I'll try, I'll try to watch this Tiger King on Netflix that everybody's been talking about and see what's up with that. Uh, me and the wife are going to go take a drive like out to some remote area or something where nobody's at and all of this stuff. Uh, and all, yeah, all of that stuff. So, yeah. So, I know we're going to get through the Rona. Yeah, I heard the Tiger King. I'll try to watch a couple of episodes tonight. Like, we're going to do some. Was it about four? It's about four o'clock here, a little after four. I'll do some stories for the evening because I know you guys like the crazy night stories. Going to get back, going to get some wine, and going to watch the Tiger King. Yeah, man, look, man, I watched that Gabriel uh, Hernandez one, man. That a, and, you know, I stay out here in California, man. That, that, I was ready to fight. I was, man, 
that's tough. You got kids or even if you want to have kids, you don't even need to have kids. If you watch that, the, all, the, all the things about the cops and government and, and, and lawyers and all of the stuff that you know is happening, but like maybe you just never really seen in person. You watch the Gabriel, the, the thing about the Gabriel Hernandez thing that I thought was so profound, if you haven't watched it, it's not a spoiler or anything because it's a documentary, you can know what's going on. But the thing that was most profound to me was the prosecutor, right? The prosecutor was shocked, was shocked that the cops would cover up some stuff to protect their own asses. I mean, he was shocked by it. And everybody else that was watching it was like, it's the cops. The cops don't give a F about no little kid. They don't, all they care about is covering their, they do shady stuff every day. So, of course, of course, they, he was shocked by it. He's like, I can't believe the cops wouldn't hand over evidence, you know, in this case. I'm like, welcome to the real world, dumbass prosecutor. That's what I mean sometimes about the bubble. It, that pissed, man, that. I'm not even a super emotional guy, but I want I wanted to do things to homeboy and his mom. And I was pissed off at all of the social workers. And, ah, man, there's this white lady at the end who looks, she looks evil. And she was one of the social workers. Oh, man, I, boy, I tell you, that, that, that the only, the only, really the only good person in that whole documentary, there's like a, a security guard that saw Gabriel come in and, and saw the abuse. And he he tried. The security guard was such a good dude. He tried to go one way. They wouldn't do it. He called another. He called like 911. They wouldn't do it. He called the sheriff's office and told him, he's like, look, this kid is getting abused. You need to go over there. You need to get him out of this house. I'm, I look, I'm, I'm a lifelong security guard. I know what this looks like. This is terrible stuff. And you know what these punk-ass cops did? These punk-ass cops took Gabriel, put him in the back of their squad car, and said, if you keep lying about being abused, we're going to put you in jail. And then people want to know why we don't have any trust for the cops when we're brown and black people. Come on, man. And then and then I'm, I'm leaving, but this that really pissed, the whole thing pissed me off. But then, you know, really, everything pissed me off. But you know what the really the last thing that pissed me off was? Is after going through six episodes, right? And seeing the, the, the dude get, you know, death penalty. See the, 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 the girl go life, you know, in prison. Seeing justice served. You get all the way to the end, right? I'm talking about like six episode, 50th minute. Like they only got like 10 minutes to go. And a whole th a whole other kid dies, <laughs> but the same stuff, same stuff with the not following up. The kid is being abused over and over again, not doing the proper things. The cops not being in the, it, the in, in the same county. <laughs> uh, another little little precious little boy, about six seven years old, same thing, beaten to death. <laughs> and they throw that on you with ten minutes to go. So now you got to go read about what happened to this kid. Makes me mad, man. Red color. Now I gotta calm down now. I gotta give me a donut or something. All right. Uh, have a good weekend. Be careful. Do your social distancing because, like I said, you don't know if you got the Rona or who got the Rona and everything. But don't feel like you just gotta. I say this, you know, I'm not trying to be a politician or nothing. You can go outside, go take a walk with your family, right? 
Go, you know, ride your bike. You know, go just sit on your porch. You know, you can go outside, get some fresh air. You know, just don't congregate, you know, with a bunch of people. Don't be assholes, you know, about it. And I'll be back um, on Monday. Oh, Monday, we're going to try. I can't guarantee because they just been showing reruns. But they're going to try to, um, they're going to try to, um, uh, what is it, FaceTime or, or, or Skype me in. We're going to try to do TMZ Sports remotely. Don't hold me to that. Uh, but if you've been watching, like last week, it's just been me on repeat. <laughs> and everything, but we're gonna try to do some actual uh, live shows next week. So we'll see. I would appreciate it because you know checks and whatnot. But yeah, you guys have a good weekend, and I'm out. For the best in sports and sports entertainment, check out BlackSportsOnline.com, and you can catch me, Robert Latow, Monday through Friday on TMZ Sports on FS1. Follow me on Twitter at BSO, Facebook Black Sports Online, Instagram, and YouTube BSOTV. I'm out.